Hey, Ryan. Yes, Andrew. No Man's Sky came out this week. What have you been doing in it? Walking around and looking at things and then going somewhere else and looking around. What have you been doing? I've been flying around space, landing on planets, looking at things, harvesting minerals, flying in space, looking around at things, harvesting minerals. Yeah, looking around, around at things. Yeah, 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 looking around at things. Looking around at things. Dude, there was this really cool moment that I had, though, where I saw something and then I looked at it. Oh, sweet. I know. It was awesome. I like looking at things. I love looking at things. It's what makes us human. Welcome back to the explosion of Inventory Full, episode 45. It's Saturday, August 13th, and it's time to Inventory Full and Inventory Full. I'm your host, Inventory Full. In this weekly podcast, we talk about video games as well as what to do when your radiation suit is uh, depleting. Okay, so I guess we'll be just going right into it. We played. Oh, yeah. No Man's Sky came out this week. We're the PlayStation 4 and PC. We both got it on PlayStation 4, and that seems like the smart choice. Ironically. Uh, yeah, really quickly to screen up. The, apparently, the PC port is utter and complete shit. No first-hand experience, but considering how uh, everything is about this game, it's kind of impressive that they even managed to fuck up the PC port as well to the degree that they did. Yeah, I'm finding it really... I don't even know where to start with any of this. There's so much. It's like they just ported over the PC and didn't even try. Even the menus are the exact same menus from the PlayStation 4, where you have to hold down the right-click button and hold it down for a full second to transverse to the next menu, just yeah, like you do on the PlayStation 4. That's horrendous. There is at least a field of view option, it seems. I actually looked that up because when I was playing the game, I was thinking to myself, I wish I got this on the PC because it would look a lot prettier, I would think. But yeah. uh, apparently, it, I doubt it would run on my computer based on what I'm hearing. The main thing that bugs me about the game on the PlayStation 4 uh, graphically is when you're flying over a planet on your spaceship the draw distance and the rate at which it renders things is fucking horrendous and it looks really ugly. Flying over a planet is not a good way to see a planet, which is dumb because it's a space exploration game. That's something that they should have been able to have work. The only way to really see a planet or interact with the planet at all is to walk on it. Just flying overhead is not really feasible, which is so bad. Uh, and more so when you're in space, you don't really see asteroids until they're right in front of you. Yeah, that, yeah. How many hours did you play the game total? Uh, I'd say five or six. <laughs> okay, I got the game on Tuesday. I put about a total of 21 hours in it this week. I played it three days straight. Spent all of my free time, basically, this work week, playing No Man's Sky. And then I played it for about three hours yesterday, which was Friday. And that was where I hit the burnout point and was like, yep, I think I've seen everything that's going to amuse me about this game and i'm good my ego got jacked off pretty hard this last week i'm sure yours did as well because everything we said about this game turned out to be true everything yeah. about the marketing everything about the hype and it turned out exactly to be the kind of game i expected an extremely simple basic exploration game with the gimmick of being how large the universe is mm-hmm. it's literally spore too i find it kind of irritating how people keep calling it that though because spore was spore because of how it disappointed everybody and how it didn't meet the expectations and no man's sky it met my expectations it didn't meet anyone else's because everyone else is a fucking retard nate messaged me last night and asked how no man's sky went because he just listened to our 22nd episode about where we were saying how we were hoping to get about 10 hours of gameplay right uh, and i think last week i said i was actually hoping for about 20 to 30 and i got exactly 21 hours of gameplay out of it so it hit the mark perfectly for me but anyone who's expecting this to be a 100-plus-hour game is going to be fucking punching their wall. I'm sure there's some people out there that went in knowing that they love these kind of games and could totally get 100 hours out of it. Most people didn't confirm from Sean Murray himself 
or like even just watching the game footage, they let they either just listen to the hype or people let their imagination run wild. Listening to Sean Murray would not give you an accurate depiction of this game because he blatantly outright lied or lied through omission or exaggerated and stretched the truth or just hid it away. He purposefully did not let the truth be known about this game. Like the whole, we want the players to experience it themselves. We don't want to reveal too much. He kept saying that during live footage of the game. He really should have just said, this is literally the game. What we're showing you right now, this is 100% of the game. This is all you're going to do. You're going to go to a different planet. It's going to be green instead of red. You're going to go to another planet. It's going to be yellow instead of green or red. Literally, that's all that's going to change. The, within like the five hours that I've played already, every all the randomly generated creatures, they're so insignificant, they don't matter to me. Like It's like, okay, cool. This one has tentacle hands instead of fingers, whatever. It still looks more or less the exact same as the last randomly generated creature. There's like three randomly generated creature types you can get. Ones that have fucking four legs, two legs, or weird tentacle stumps. I've probably seen a floating tentacle monster on almost half of the planets I've gone to that all look identical. Yeah. There's sometimes they look like crabs. Other times they just look like octopuses. You know, you've seen little prairie dogs on every planet. You've seen little, like, vermin on every planet. You've seen, like, tiger-like animals on every planet. I've only been to one planet that had giant creatures, like, huge, like, bigger than my space, like, way bigger than my spaceship, way bigger than the structures on the planet. And I looked at it, and I saw, I'm like, eh. It looks exactly like the prairie dog, except it's just really fucking huge. I don't want my point to get mixed up with where I said, like, this game met my expectations. I'm not going to defend Sean Murray because he intentionally pulled everyone's asses with this game. People generated the hype himself, and then he basically just encouraged people to keep hyping it up for him. He didn't have to hype it up himself. All he had to do was not tell people what the game was actually like, and people just got more excited for it. And it was really obvious to anyone with a brain that's what was going on. Well, he also outright lied quite a few times, like when talking specifically about what's at the center of the universe and saying that it's big and significant when it's really not. <laughs> He's done every type of lie there is, from little white lies to just flat out denying and not telling the truth at all about what the game is or what's in it. Yeah, he should uh, hook up with Todd Howard. I had a lot of highs with this game. They were very short-lived. I knew they were going to be, but I enjoyed what there was. I enjoyed the sightseeing. I enjoyed the pleasure of, I've been on this planet for about an hour exploring caves and stuff. I kind of like it here, but you know what? I think I'll go somewhere else now, hop in my ship, fly off. That actually was always fun until I hit the 21 hour mark. I enjoyed that little bit of agency. There was just the choice to either stay or go Mm -hmm. or to look deeper into things. And there were a lot of moments where you come up across a cliffside and you like look over a vast ocean. You see up in the sky, there's another planet above you. You're like, I could go up there if I wanted. That was really cool. I liked that. That's about all this game had going for it, but it was still cool and unique to this game. Yeah, it's really hard to talk about this game because my feelings when I'm playing it are I'm enjoying myself and I'm having fun. The best description I've read online is somebody liking other action-packed games or just other games in general. It's like your first-person shooters or whatever, or even your puzzle games, ones that really give you a lot to do. Those are like your mountain biking, your hang gliding, your parachuting, your skiing, your snowboarding. This game is just like a walk through the woods. Yep. It's way more tame, so not everybody's going to necessarily like it, but it still has a point. There's still fun behind it to be had. It's just a different kind of game. But the reason why it's hard to talk about this is because when I talk about it, even in the idea that it's just a walk through the woods kind of game, it's still kind of bullshit, and there's a lot behind of it that pissed me off. And when I talk about the game, I kind of get angry about it. Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie when I say that. I had to intentionally n- try not to think about things while I played it. 
because yeah, it's very easy to see the shallowness and all the flaws of this game and what there should have been, what there could have been, right? And just how disappointing it could be if you really got hyped up for it. I really just try to enjoy the simple nature of land on ship, walk around. Oh, there's this thing. I'll take this. I'll walk over here. I wonder what's over here. Just that simple little carrot on a stick in front of you the whole time. Like yeah. I just want to wander over here a little more bit. It's very plainly psychological. But I just let it do that to me because I enjoyed that. I always had that little bit of curiosity, even though I knew it wasn't going to be anything spectacular. I still wanted to see what it was and satisfy that need. The so. pleasure I get from this game is very similar to the pleasure I get from Fallout games and even and the Elder Scrolls games, which is I'll see it off in the distance, that little like way marker, you know, that question mark or whatever for right. No Man's Sky. And I'll be like, I want to know what that is. You know, I kind of do the same thing in the Bethesda games. And I'll just walk towards there. I'll take in the sights and look around and see this game is even more shallow than those, so that's literally all this game is, plus some space flight and stuff, but relaxing. It's very melancholy, the attitude, you know, the atmosphere of the game. It's nice to wander around for a while. The plant life, I think, is the most interesting looking shit. The animal randomly generated shit, that I think that's crap, but like the plant life looks cool. Look at some of the landscapes. I've seen some really cool landscapes, like one where it looked like a fucking like a giant laser or rocket shot out like a giant hole that went through the side of something that I walked through that for a while. I'm like, oh, this looks cool. And like you said, the moment where you're like, I'm bored of this planet, you can leave. And that's cool. You get a new randomly generated world, and that's kind of nice. Yeah. I kind of felt like that pleasure started to kind of wear off once I went to a couple really nice planets, and then mm-hmm. I just want, wanted to move on. I just re- kept running into shitty planets, and I kind of like ran out of patience of finding the next really nice planet and wanted to keep that high up. But, you know, I found a planet early on that was just absolutely covered in gold. There were, like, mountains of gold everywhere, and I made a shit ton of money from there, named it Planet Goldberg, and then I moved on. Without needing to be said, though, that this game really lacks a lot of random elements that could create actual stories to tell. I think there were three total stories. The first two I told you, the third just happened yesterday. The first thing that happened to me was after the game kind of tutorializes you in the first solar system and hands you a hyperdrive I fueled up my hyperdrive, and then I found another ship, and I bought it off the guy, and then his ship had an empty hyperdrive, and I had no idea how to make fuel, so I was just kind of left wandering around, like, no idea how to build this thing, and I kind of just drifted around until I figured it out, uh, which was worrying, but also sort of like a tale of survival in my eyes, and then after that, later, I found a crashed starship while my starship was full of rare minerals, and I had no idea by trading over to the new starship, I was gonna have to basically rebuild the thing, And so my inventory was fucking full and I was left on this icy planet full of things trying to kill me. And I basically had to scavenge with very little inventory space to find the resources to repair the thing and fly off. And when I finally did, well, barely surviving, I immediately got shut down by a pirate and that pissed me off in the moment. But then I realized actually that was kind of funny. Then yesterday I found a planet that was basically a giant ocean with a bunch of islands everywhere. And I landed on an island, jumped down in the ocean to go find something that turned out to be nothing. And then I tried to get back up to my ship and I realized my jetpack wasn't strong enough to get me back up on the island. So I was basically stranded in this ocean and I had to swim half an ocean across to get to the shore and basically start looking for resources to build a stronger jetpack. And that, you know, those moments are very kind of frustrating when you're caught in the cycle of look for resources, sell resources, buy new things. But you really got to step back and go, oh, actually, this is the best part of the game. Think your way out of a problem where you need to, you know, get back to your ship or fix something up that you need to get away from where you're stuck. I feel like those three examples I just gave are probably going to be the only times that ever happens to me. Because now, you know about the jetpack thing. 
Uh, as long as you're pushing up against the surface, including a wall, you have an infinite jetpack. It was basically just this floating landmass, so I couldn't really ride up uh, against it. Like, nice. I was just barely getting up below it before I would drift back down into the ocean. So, yeah, that was it. So far for me, the coolest planet I found was literally the forest moon of Endor, but during winter. Like, it had okay. pine trees in it, and it was snowy everywhere. And it was a moon, and I'm like, huh, I'm literally on Endor <laughs> right now. <laughs> Like, that was the most, like, I haven't ran into any really interesting things to break up the cycle yet. But that's exactly what this game needs, I think. I think, like, sometimes when you're entering a planet, there should be a random chance that, like, pirates come up and just shoot out your engines and you crash land. Shit like that. Things to make everything go wrong. I don't know if it happened to you, but pirates will just show up when you're flying. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's happened to me. But that's, like, the only really random thing. But the thing is, if they blow you up, you just respawn. I'm talking about, like, literally, they blow you up, you crash land, and now you have to repair your ship. I think it actually depends on where they shoot you down, because, uh, it's like I said, when I repaired my ship on that ice planet and flew off, I got attacked by a bunch of pirates that I was no match for, because my ship was a piece of shit and didn't have any weapons, so... You know, it was almost like a like a fucking chase scene out of a Star Trek episode where I'm like flying through the atmosphere trying to evade them while they're shooting at me from behind. They shot me down, but then it respawned me on the planet with a broken starship again that I had to repair all over. So, oh, that's cool. I think if you get shot down on a planet like in the atmosphere, I think maybe you had to repair your ship, but maybe the game just glitched out for me because when I respawned, it actually respawned me in the middle of the planet, and I was like looking up through a bunch of walls at my ship, and I had to restart the game. Nice. Uh, that's another thing. Those game is fucking full of glitches. What's weird is I haven't. Enc- I mean, I've played it way less than you have, but I haven't had a single crash. I haven't had any really weird ass glitches. It only happened to me twice, I think, when I was just wandering a planet. Whenever I would go into a hyperdrive, jump to another solar system, it would be about a one fourth chance the game would crash on me. I pretty much was forced to land on every space station, every solar system to avoid the risk of spending like 10 minutes flying as far as I can and then the game freezing up on me. And that got really fucking old. I don't know why that was happening. I thought that was supposed to be part of the patch fix, but it didn't fix it for me. That sucks. Can I talk about something about the game that really fucking annoys me? Sure. Every planet has something wrong with the atmosphere. Either it's toxic, it's radioactive, it's too cold, it's too hot. Every planet's like that, has something like that. But it's all the same mechanic. It's all the exact same fix. Like, they're... Just build a thing and it goes just, away. You just, tra- yeah. recharge your, just recharge your hazmat suit. Like, literally on all of them. It's like, so why even have it? It's like, it's just, <laughs> yeah. it's just a thing to, be like, to keep gaining resources. It's like, it's not real gameplay. It's like yeah. a tax. Yeah. There's a walking around tax about on a game about walking around. There shouldn't be a fucking... Wa- Especially on every planet. It should be a rare thing. Like, oh shit, this planet's so dangerous, I have to worry about my hazmat suit. Like, then it would be interesting. But then when it's literally every planet, it becomes really fucking annoying and pointless. The ice planets have snowstorms the same way the radioactive planets have radioactive storms. And those are, like, the moments where it, like, really turns it up on you. Gotta, like, rebuild your shit fast. Beyond that, like, the planetary exploration, when you just go to the different kind of structures you find down there, I figured out within, like, one hour all the different kind of places you can visit. And yeah, it, there's it, very yeah. limited structures. The only real, like, meaningful th- part to exploring the planet for me was when I really needed to find somewhere to sell all the shit I had in my inventory, and I couldn't. But beyond that, what I figured out was basically try to find uh, a trading trading post and stay close to that, and that's the trick. No Man's Sky, it's basically like Proteus with an unlimited landscape for you to wander. At least that's how I feel about it. I'm thinking I will probably turn it on a couple times in the future especially if there's like an update and just wander around for like an hour to calm down or something this would be a great game to smoke weed too i feel a lot like i was playing arc 
and like all those other kind of games while playing it. It's a survival sandbox game. That's it. With a um, really weak survival aspect. Yeah. There's a lot of just like little things about this game that really fucking annoy me though. That's really making it hard to continue on. Like I knew that this was going to be the kind of game it was going to be, but I wasn't like, like when you find helium or gold deposits and you literally cut away the entire bottom and now it's just like the top part is floating because they didn't put physics into the game. <laughs> Shit like that just pisses me off so fucking much. It should all come crashing down. It should start rolling away. I don't know. Another thing that really pisses me off is those fucking monoliths you find and then they present you with a goddamn text file document problem. Uh, yeah. Like I found one that says like a chasm before you opens up and there's unimaginable equipment that will help aid me on my journey that will make traveling the universe so much easier but lava is dripping down and the cavern starting to disappear and i'm thinking to myself I'm like this is just words like nothing's happening on screen none of this is happening on screen it's just words i'm like that's fucking lazy right there and then i'm given a prompt of do i want to reach in and try and grab the equipment or do i want to stand back and at that moment i'm like this is really dumb because i know whoever <laughs> wrote this scenario is just going to give me what they think their moral is so i don't know what the writer wants me to do i have no way of knowing what he wants me to do it's literally a 50 50 crapshoot it could be the, teaching me the lesson that sometimes if you want to advance you need to take risks or it could be trying to teach me the lesson that like hey you can advance without this stuff you don't need it teach me to be humble or some shit and it's just, and then i picked Ron, and i'm just like oh fuck that thing it's total random chance yeah, I really fucking hate the writing in the game. You can, you can, you can really so tell shitty. it's so fucking full of itself. And it's like they thought they were writing 2001 A Space Odyssey or something. <laughs> Except what they probably failed to understand was that 2001 A Space Odyssey was all about showing, not telling. Yeah, this in this game, all it does is tell. Like, I remember the uh, half-robot race. The first time I saw them, it was like, you come across an android that's, like, barely moving. The only way you can tell that's alive is a, the head ticking back and forth as it looks at its tablet reading a document. And, like, on screen, though, like, it's shifting its body weight. Its arms are moving up and down. I'm like, <laughs> it's not standing still. And then it goes on to say something like, three blue lights flash across its face. They feel serene and calming. And it's like, why didn't you just have three serene, calming blue lights flash across its face instead of fucking telling me that? That is shit writing. And the, what's going on on screen doesn't even match up with the writing. Beyond that, within the 20 hours I played the game, I started running into the same dialogue. <clears throat> I started seeing the same things again. And I would know what answer to pick. So you don't even have to play the game that long to see all the different kind of dialogue trees you can find. And it kind of defeats the point of finding all of the vocabulary stone things when you can basically just memorize this small amount of conversations you can have with aliens. I'm really not a fan of the music. I actually turned it off because the music's forgettable to me. Like I, it, I haven't really noticed I, it. One I, I'm way just, or other. It's not bad. It's not offensive. Really. It's just to me, it's like every single indie game has this kind of like, <laughs> Oh, piano music, guitar riffs. Oh, so magical and ominous. And isn't the universe amazing is like, uh, yeah, I'm just nagging about that, but that combined with the writing to me just kind of signaled that this game was written by people who really think that they know something important that they need to share with the rest of humanity. People but, that, if they were flexible enough, would probably eat their own asshole. Yeah. I feel like if this game was $20, I'd be a lot more pleased with it, because I paid 60 bucks for that, and it gave me three days of very superficial, shallow fun. It kind of distracted me from more important matters of my life for three days straight, so... Hats off to that. I can't remember the last game to do that, but it was still only about three and a half days worth. And at this point, I have no real interest to go back. I might turn it on within the next week and play it for like an hour or two. 
but that's going to be it for me. I'm actually really surprised that the critics were railing this game so hard. There were a lot of 9 out of 10 reviews, mostly from like PlayStation Magazine and stuff like that. Yeah, I noticed that. PlayStation Lifestyle. Yeah, but I mean, I've actually been surprised at how uh, kind of disappointed even critics were with this game. Yeah, it's well, I mean, it goes back to whole shot. uh, Yes, the hype train got out of control, but at the same time, Sean Murray himself was kind of promising everything. It's a single player experience. Flat out. There's not, there's might be online servers. You might be able to run into other people. There is literally nothing about this game that's multiplayer. It should have just been a single player game. And if they really wanted to give us the experience of exploring the galaxy, they should have just handcrafted three solar systems and it would have been way better and way cooler. Instead of making an entire fucking galaxy, who cares? I'm never going to see the whole galaxy. I've been to 10 planets, I think, so far. I have hyperspace jumped seven times, I believe. Yes, seven times. Even if I keep playing the game, it's like, who cares about all that other shit? All that other shit in the game is completely negligible to me. It is nothing but just a bulletin point to try and sell games because people will be like, oh, that's impressive when really it's not. And like, I knew that. I knew that buying this game. I'm like, that's not impressive. But then it upset me. And then actually playing the game for some reason, it's just a point that started to really just drive me insane about this shit. Especially since I keep hearing people bring it back up. Anyway, that's my rant for this game. Okay. The only thing we didn't really talk about was how there are two directions that the game gives you, which is you can either go to the center of the galaxy or you can find the Atlas Stones. People are saying that the problem with this game is that there's a lack of direction. There is a direction. It's just that the journey in that direction is completely unfulfilling at a certain point once you just realize the cycle of behavior that you're following. It's literally just get more antimatter fuel. That's yeah. that's all this game is. What kept me going was just the simple skinner box of making my ship bigger, making my inventory bigger, improving the systems on my ship to make it stronger and faster. But I realized after I upgraded my hyperdrive to be able to jump five solar systems at a time, that's where I spent like 10 hours just repeating the same behavior in the game, and I never found another upgrade that helped me get faster to the center. I think I went from, uh, what was it, like, 230,000 light years away from the center to about 1,700. Like, the first wormhole I went through shot me, like, 50,000 light years closer to the center. But then after that, every wormhole I went through would shoot me about 2,000 or so. Basically, it was just taking forever to make any noticeable difference in distance to the center of the galaxy. And that's where I was like, I don't want to keep playing this. It's not giving me enough interesting things to keep going. Uh, and that's kind of where I fell off with it. Right. At, that, at that point, it was just the exploration aspect of it, and I already got bored of it. I think everybody already knows at this time, what is at the center of the galaxy is just a giant notepad document that says, insert ending later. I mean, maybe that's disappointing on that front, too, but... Yeah. Can't wait for No Man's Sky 2, though. Oh, don't worry, they're going to fix it with updates. I know, I'm sure. They're going to add base building. I don't know why, but they're going to do like, that. Yeah, that's another... Like, the base building kind of goes back to what you said about how there's only, like, the two paths and how it's vague and shit. I think they purposely obfuscate the fucking direction you can go in space for, like you said, so you don't revisit old planets, so we don't really learn how the terrain generation in this fucking game works. Possibly, yeah. Uh, And then, so to make us take as long time as possible to get to the center of the galaxy, so people give up before then to make it even more mysterious or whatever. Correct. When it's really just, there's nothing about this game to be exciting for. And to add on top of that, they want to add base building. What's the fucking point of base building? Like, an other game, sure, but this game, why? Yeah, I thought it was pointless in Fallout 4. And then, <laughs> if they actually added to this game, probably going to be able to build, like, the same structures that you already find on every planet, and maybe put, like, a store in it, and then fly away. Yeah, I don't I'm, know. That's, I think, I already said it again, but I gotta reiterate it. I hate how little fucking outpost generation there is. It's one big building, or it's two little buildings. Yeah. Cool, yeah. thanks. Or it's a monolith. 
It's been so long since a game like this has come out that hasn't been in early access, and yet it still feels like it should be in early access. (laughs) Developers and publishers know that people are getting weary of early access, so maybe they're just going to release early access games without calling them that, and just being like, no, we're just going to add updates to the game to make it better. I expect that to backfire even fucking harder than early access. Well, it it did for this game, but I I really do feel like this was an early access game that they just decided to convince people that it wasn't. This does feel like an early access title. Yes, it does. Right. Well, uh, I think that puts the bullet in it. Um, yeah, if the game was one-third the price, I would have been more happy with the mm-hmm. 20 hours I got with it, and I enjoy the 20 hours I got with it, but there's nothing spectacular about this game. The hype was overrated. The marketing was ridiculous. I'll congratulate them for pulling a fast one over the legions of retards who believed that this game was going to be a god game. Hopefully they're smart and never make another game and just cash out and live happily ever after. Yeah, that would be advisable. But, yeah... I- I mean, I, there's a lot of shit about this game that pisses me off. A lot of about this game that annoys me. Partly because I think it could be way better and way cooler. But at the end of the day, what we have right now, what there is, I still get... I won't say fun, but I get enjoyment out of it. It's very relaxing, very calming, and I appreciate it for being that. I will still keep playing it. I just won't really care. Yeah, it has a uniqueness to it that made it different. But I honestly think a year or two from now, another game like this is going to come out that's just going to be ten times better that uh, one game, that one indie game you showed me, that's like in development and in very slow development. Um, oh, Rodina, Rodina. Yeah, I think Rodina because what one solar system, two solar systems. I think it, Rodina yeah. has a much better chance to be cool and exciting eventually. Yeah, uh, there's also that other game that I always forget the name of that was showed during the AMD conference at A3 that was basically a combination of No Man's Sky and Space Engineer where it looked like it was basically the same thing. You got a whole galaxy to explore, but you can also like build cities and start factions and stuff. So it looked like more of an actual MMO. I'm just saying that's another game in this vein that could potentially just be way better or just as bad. No Man's Sky kind of set a very, very low bar for this kind of space exploration game for other people to just top it. Yeah, that actually would be the coolest part about all this is if another developer actually got inspired by No Man's Sky and said, I can do this, but I can do it better. Because, like you said, the bar is very low. And I do not think it would take much to make a game better than this. Part of the problem with No Man's Sky is I believe they tried to do too many things. Like, oh, we're going to let you attack other vessels in space flight, but have really weak space combat, have really weak shooting. Maybe a game could just come out, strip out all the unnecessary parts, and just focus on one aspect on top of the space exploration and make something really good. Now I gotta wonder, is Star Citizen gonna be a No Man's Sky or is it gonna actually be good? Uh, geez. Cause I, I'm going both ways. One, they're actually releasing actual things and taking opinions and not lying nearly as badly as Sean Murray did. Right. But at the other time, they are still promising us everything, it feels like. So I, the controversy of that game is getting wider and wider, and the fact that they're like claiming they're gonna complete so many things about it before it comes out. Supposedly, this year is getting more and more hard to believe, but I do like the fact that Chris Roberts is at least telling people what the fucking game is and what you can do in it and what the point is going to be. They're trying to reach a goal, and either they're going to reach the goal or they're not, but it's not going to be this giant mystery game where it's like, oh, it's no, it's just going to blow your mind. It's just going to jack you off and be fun forever. Still going to be cautiously optimistic about Star Citizen because I want Star Citizen to be the kind of game that No Man's Sky wanted to be. I don't think it's going to be, and I think it's probably going to be as disappointing as this and get raped by everybody. But I want to believe, please, one of the developers making these kind of space exploration games, please just prove everyone wrong for once. Mm -hmm. That's all I want. I want to believe. I want to hope. I want a good game. Yeah, anyway, I think that kind of puts everything we needed to say about No Man's Sky into it. Also believe I think Sean Murray was also quite saying is like what do you do in this game anything you literally want yeah 
Except not really. So well, he never lied about anything. But it's just like you, yeah, yeah, you can do anything you want, but that doesn't mean there's a lot to do. Yeah, <laughs> anything you want, as long as I want you to do it. I've noticed like you can't shoot inside buildings, so you can't shoot mm. the other aliens and stuff. I mean, you can so. really you can say about any game in existence. What are you doing, Super Mario Brothers? Oh, anything you want. <laughs> you can run to the right and grab the flag, or you can get yourself killed, or you can jump down a pit, or you can go down this pipe and then come back out the pipe. Whatever you want. There's so many possibilities. It's amazing. Woo. Yeah. Anyway, overall, I give it a solid five out of I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, 5.5. Not even a six. Because it is literally right down the middle. When I sat down to play yesterday, I was like, OK, here I go. Ooh, here's a planet with some trees. And here's this or and this or I guess I'll farm some and sell it. And oh, wait, I've already done this three days in a row. Now I'm bored of doing this. Uh, did you play anything else this week? No, I'm sorry. Did you? I went and saw Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah. That is the fucking shittiest movie I've seen in a while. It has really cool points. It has really high points, I think. Uh, specifically, Harley Quinn, Diablo, and Joker. And the black lady that's in charge of everyone. Those four characters and those four actors are really good. They do a good job making the character. Fulfilling the role. Establishing them. They're great characters. Everything else about that movie is very subpar. Will Smith and the editing are complete fucking horseshit. <laughs> Will Smith is Will Smith is a kiss of death, and I don't know if I'll ever see a Will Smith movie ever fucking again. That's unfortunate. Because just the fact that he's in a movie is a really good sign if what kind of movie that's going to be. And I feel like I mean, I'm not I'm just going off my feeling from watching the movie once. I feel like Will Smith had one third of the lines in a giant ensemble cast, and he delivered them like complete shit. That's odd. They didn't make it seem like it was going to be that way in the trailers. Oh, and it felt he would not shut up. It felt like and it was really weird seeing Will Smith trying to talk like a gangster after seeing like Fresh Prince of Bel Air and all that shit. Okay, he, try, he tries to come off like a, as a hard ass street thug. Which first off, I didn't even think Deadshot was supposed to sound like that. But on top of that, it has like the worst fucking action scene I've seen in a movie in a long fucking time. Halfway through the movie with so many fucking jump cuts and enemies just running up out of nowhere and you have no idea what's going on. It's constantly going from one character to the next just to have them swing like a bat and the split second later it cuts to the next person just shooting a gun and you're like, yay, they're winning, I think. (laughs) There's no way in hell I'll ever pay to see this movie, but hearing its reception and hearing you talk about it makes me actually want to see it. I went from having no interest in it to actually wanting to see it because it sounds so amazingly bad for a large budget. It like, is pretty amazingly bad, especially the editing. Like, the editing is so fucking terrible. The bad guy, it cu- shows them, like, in this meeting, and then it cuts to a scene where it has one of the characters that was in the meeting, actually two of the characters that were in the meeting, are suddenly in the subway. Like, an undetermined amount of time has passed since the two scenes. And they just say something back and forth to each other, and then it cuts to back to the prison, and then it cuts to them in the subway again, and then cuts to the bad person showing up in the room somewhere, going, brother, and then the bad guy's there. Like, that's how they introduce the bad guy. Neat. It's unbelievably bad. Like, you don't even... What the fuck just happened? Like, you don't even know how that fucking happened. Uh, watching DC go down in flames is pretty awesome. After this one, I realized DC has no fucking clue what they want to do. That movie has, like, three different, like, tones in it. Like, it goes from serious to funny to what the fuck. And it is just... Yeah, do not recommend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Water Woman looks like fucking garbage. Oh, uh, man. I saw the intro to um, 
Justice the League. Justice League, yeah. I also think that looks bad. Yeah, that doesn't... like. I mean, it looks good for a trailer, but it doesn't look good for a movie to have Batman walk around recruiting people like that while fucking whatever that song was playing. Everything about it was cliche as fuck. Ever told you I used to really like Wonder Woman? No. I actually did. When I was like a really little kid, I watched the TV show. Oh, the one where she spins? Yeah, loved it when I was a kid. Wonder Woman fucking sucks now. So, thanks. Fuck comic books. I'm glad I never I, cared. And uh, Superman versus Batman, Wonder Woman, I thought was actually pretty neat, especially the way they did her special effects during the action scene. But after Suicide Squad, I'm not going to get hyped for any more DC movies. I just don't care anymore. I guess as we're kind of talking about movies film, I, I was planning to save this for the end of the podcast, but I kind of want to talk about something. Go for it. Brian Fuller, the producer of the new Star Trek series, had a big panel recently, and he shared some things about it. The only noteworthy thing he shared was that the setting is going to be between Enterprise and the original series, contrary to what everyone thought. It's actually going to be based 10 years before Kirk became captain of the Enterprise, so right before the original series. No one was talking about this. No one seemed to care, Uh, even though that was like the only aspect that mattered out of everything he talked about at this panel. Because the two other things that he talked about that everyone did care about was that the lead protagonist of the series is going to be a woman, and that it is also going to feature a main character who is a gay male. Okay, and why do I care? Uh, because everyone else does. It matters. But we've already had Janeway. It's, it's socially irrelevant. I was just flipping through search results uh, of the news, just trying to find more details about it. All anyone wanted to talk about was the fact that the main character is a woman and that there's a gay guy in it. I came across this New York Post. It is titled, New Star Trek Lead is a Woman Like It's Best Captain Ever. And then goes into a big uh, paragraph about how Janeway was better than Kirk and how awesome yeah. this is and how great the series is going to be because of this. It makes me really want to kill myself because, goddamn, just goddamn, there's never been a gay male character in Star Trek ever before, so it's a first for the series. But if this was like Enterprise from 15 years ago, it would have actually been socially relevant. It's not anymore. There's gay male characters in fucking everything now, and they're jacking it off like it's a big deal. There's also strong female characters in fucking everything now. There's always been, actually, and they're jacking it off like it's a big deal. It also kind of concerns me what they said about the lead, because they claim that she's going to be a different, more interesting take on Captain Kirk. And all, okay. I'm, all I'm gathering from that, like, okay, so she's going to be, like, kind of this cowgirl in space who gets dick from every alien species and is a giant space slut or something, and that's going to be, like, <laughs> spun around to be a very empowering thing or something, because if that's the case... I hope I'm, so. I'm going to drop this fucking series like it's hot, if that's what it is. I will uh, watch it if it's, like, like, it's hot. Every episode is her getting, like, an abortion, being congratulated by her crew for getting, like, another alien species knocking her up. Or so, I don't know. Anyway, he also said she's not going to be a captain. She's going to be a lieutenant commander. So, they're implying it's going to be, like, some weird, like, format where it's about some journey of... Basically, she sounds like fucking Rey from Star Wars is the way they build it. And that has me deeply concerned because I fucking hate Rey. I fucking hate characters like her. I'm still going to remain optimistic because I, I know this is just pandering. Well, they're just getting hype from the social justice crowd by spreading this shit. Maybe the series will probably still be good. I don't know. Get what you're saying with Rey where, like, they are just perfect and they don't fuck up ever and they can do whatever they need to do because it's weak writing. Speaking of the homosexual character, what I find interesting is that alien species from Deep Space Nine where they're kind of a... The Trill. A Paris, the Trill, yeah. The Trill romantic relationship and after the previous host dies and the same Trill takes host of a new body, that is the most interesting relationship dynamic that's in popular media that I can think of. And that was actually back when doing that kind of story was bold and daring. Like The episode itself was not that great, but like topically, that was actually daring for them to do it, just like how the original Star Trek series had the first 
interracial kiss ever aired on television. So Star Trek used to do these things back when it was risky to do them. Now they're just milking it because it's popular. They're not even being that bold with it anymore. It's like, well, that's my point. So it's yeah. like, I, it doesn't matter to me that this is the case. I don't give a fuck that there's a gay character. I don't give a fuck that there's a female. I wish that they would stop championing it. Like, this is the fucking cause we're going to fight and get hype. It's like, it's just- if, they, if they wanted to be progressive, you know what they should do? They should have said it at a different time. So they could have had a second generation data in it and then have a romantic relationship with that. They could have made the main character a Klingon or oh, something else. Fuck yeah. Like I, they said that the series is also going to have the biggest cast of alien characters. That actually got me excited. They said there's going to be an Android character in the show, which is really weird based on the timeline. Yeah, it's on. That is weird. But uh, like, it, it really sounds like to me that they're marketing to the doctor who crowd of Tumblrites. And that's really scaring the shit out of me. Cause that seems to be what science fiction is for now. I don't want that to top it off. The way he closed the panel, I, did, I tried to find like a video of this. I couldn't find it. Fuller kind of went on this big like, speech about like how fucked up everything is in America today and how much controversy there is. I want everyone to just hold hands and think about the future and how hopeful we can be and how great the future can be for human society if we just peace and love and blah, 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 sing Kumbaya and walk out the door being optimistic. Star Trek is meant to be an optimistic future where humanity works together and puts aside our differences. But I'm starting to worry you're going to take that and try to shove modern political agendas into this fucking series, specifically agendas that he believes in, and just basically use it as a fucking vessel for himself. Star Trek has always been political, but it's always analyzed multiple sides of politics, and I'm really worried this series is just going to be really one-sided and just shove agendas down everyone's throats. But beyond that, I also wanted to make note, what brought humanity together in the Star Trek franchise wasn't everyone just deciding, oh, fuck it, let's all get along. It was Zephyr Cochran building a warp drive out of a nuclear missile and flying it into space. And he didn't do it because he had an agenda to bring the human species together. He did it just to do it. And then the Vulcans took notice and they landed on Earth. And then humanity met the Vulcans and the Vulcans kind of guided humanity to a new future. And on top of that, Zephyr Cochran was this really vulgar, sleazy, alcoholic, disgruntled douchebag. And that's what First Contact was all about, was how he was kind of regarded as like this big historical hopeful feature, but he turned out to just be like this average Joe guy that everyone would call a white cis male pig in modern society. So I find the whole thing very ironic. You should watch First Contact. It's really fucking good. I do think it's on Netflix, so... you re- Really seriously, watch it. Watch it next week. Watch it and then go see Star Trek Beyond and throw up in your mouth. <laughs> I'm worried Star Trek's gonna go the route of Star Wars. It's gonna be a pandering circle jerk to the biggest audience they can find and... Yeah, also beyond that, you know, since it's based between Enterprise and the original series, and it has the title Star Trek Discovery, and it's going to imply some sort of conflict with Klingons. It is literally the fucking series I was writing seven years ago. So it's going to be great. When this comes out, I'm going to compare notes from what I was writing to this, and my series is actually going to be objectively better. Yes, it is. Uh, I do have to give them uh, accolades, though, for the fact that they're having that their gay couple is going to be two dudes instead of two chicks. Because I've noticed that most series that want to have a gay couple, like, just do lesbians, it's way safer. Well, Make them both attractive. That's how it started. You could get away with that because, you know, men would fucking jack off to that. Now that, you know, homosexuality is very prevalent in society, they're, you know, it's acceptable to do that. Shows like, I think The Shield is the earliest one I can think of that had just, like, a full-blown gay character in it doing gay shit on camera. <laughs> and uh, that was, like, 10 years ago. No, longer than that. That was, like, fucking 15, 20 years ago. It's the first for the series, and that's fine. But why does pop culture have to fucking masturbate to this shit and make it all about that? I want to know more about, like, the actual setting and what's going on in the universe and the actual themes of the universe and the conflicts that are going to be happening within it. Uh, I'm going to laugh out loud if it turns out to be the exact story that Star Trek Axanar is telling that fan film because it's based exactly at the same time point. 
That's so, the real reason why they put in all those cinematic rules is so they could just oh, rip off action. Totally. I honestly think they looked at Star Trek action and are like, you know what? Actually, that was a really good idea. Let's uh, sue them and then make that. Brian Fuller claimed that they're not doing that, but it is based around like kind of this same point where the Klingons were starting to have a lot of tension with the Federation. Shit. So That's what EA should have done. They should have let those guys make Battlefront 3, have it released, then sue the fuck out of them, and then just re-release that. I, I think I've ended my uh, frustrations on this guy. It's going to be very fascinating to listen to this like a year from now once the show is out and I have like a complete opinion on it. Either it's really good and I feel bad for getting pessimistic about it or it's even worse than I expected. And then I was like, yeah, I called it again. Yay. Is that dog Yay. snoring in the background? Yeah, that's Pepper. God damn, that dog is loud. I can like hear everything about his breathing. But anyway, I let it go. It's fine. It's like our show mascot. I'm ready for some news if you are. I have exactly one really small thing. Okay, lay it out. Brian Lee O'Malley, writer of Scott Pilgrim, released a tweet. The exact quote is, my number one goal in life is to get the Scott Pilgrim video game re-released. Give me time. And if you don't know, the Scott Pilgrim video game was a really good side-scroller beat-em-up. It was only digitally distributed, so if you want to buy it new now, you cannot. There is no way to do it, which is one of the downfalls of digital-only distribution. So So, it's kind of cool that this might come out again. So was it pulled, or was it just left behind on old consoles? I think it was just left behind on old consoles. It might have been pulled because it did have actual music that might have led to it getting pulled, but... Yeah, I'd love it if this came out again. Because I didn't play the original, but it did look really good. So Yeah, it looked like a pretty solid beat-em-up. That also kind of ties into a story I had that wasn't like a big one. But I think I've told you before how there was a game called Marvel Ultimate Alliance that had DLC that got pulled, and now there's like no way to like retrieve those characters in the game. You remember, this is like way back when the 360 first launched. It was actually a game that came with my 360. It just came out on Steam, along with its sequel, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2. And the ports are absolutely fucking atrocious. Buggy oh, as fuck. kind of overpriced, too? Yes, it's full price, $60 for, like, a 10-year-old game. On top of that, like, it's still missing all the DLC. Apparently, they've already put out a patch, but I've been hearing conflicting reports about, like, how it actually didn't fix anything, and it's still a fucking train wreck, and how the DLC is still missing from the game, but they implied they, they're going to try to bring it back. At first, when I read this, I'm like, oh, that's cool. They're trying to salvage this game that kind of just got abandoned 10 years later, but apparently they did a really shitty job of it, so there's that. I mean, that's too bad. I wish it wasn't overpriced because I, if that was ever, that's just a game that was, if it's ever on sale, I would probably pick it up. I didn't actually like the game that much when I played it. I tried like multiple times to get into it. It's like Gauntlet Legends sort of with Marvel characters. So at least that's how I felt about it. That's probably a terrible way to describe it. It's an action RPG. Yeah, I heard it was really good, but the way they're handling the re-release is shitty. Yeah, but it's out there. So that was your only news story. That was literally it. I can shoot through most of mine pretty quickly. Quake Champions released a gameplay trailer. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that, actually. Yeah, it looked like Quake, and then the powers started happening, and then it stopped looking like Quake. I really kind of wonder if maybe the powers will be, like, an optional mode. That Uh, might be a way they could sell it. That would be logical. I would hope for at least that. I'm going to continue to just have no opinion on it until I've played a beta or something, because... I would really like for a good modern Quake game to come out, but if they're going to try to inject Overwatch bullshit into it with like a cash shop and all that stuff, count me out. If that was the case, I think Unreal Tournament is still likely to turn out better. Uh, there was also a Prey gameplay trailer. It looks very system shocky. I'm continuously curious about how this game will turn out. I also looked at footage of Prey 2 from 2011, having never done that before, and I was totally understanding now of why everyone is upset about the new Prey being a reboot instead of being Prey 2, because Prey 2 looked fucking incredible. 
Well, Prey 2 was that Bounty Hunter game, I think you said? Yes, it's an open-world first-person shooter where you're in a completely alien city with completely alien characters. It just looked superbly original. It was open-world. You basically seek out bounties and go around this alien city, parkouring all over the place, chasing down bad guys or not bad guys, and rounding them up, executing them, capturing them, whatever. You could, like, take human shields, and just the footage looked really cool. And I, I was immediately disappointed, like, if I had saw this fucking five years ago, I would have been looking forward to it, and I'm glad I didn't. But even still looking at this trailer, telling myself this game is never going to happen, don't get interested. I still got interested, so the new Prey is going to really have to impress people to make them forget about that. Okay, uh, Nintendo DMC aid, uh, another Metroid 2 remake, and the Nintendo Power Archive that was uploaded. The optimistic part of me says they're doing it because they are making their own Metroid 2 remake, but I doubt that. Uh, but I hope. No, I mean, because they've shot down every other kind of remake that they could. Um, yeah. Like the, the the Metroid 2 remake, I knew that was going to get shot down. And the guy who released that actually did a good job about it. He didn't really talk about it until he was ready to release it. And then he released 1.0, it got pulled, and now the torrent is up there. You can still get it. And Nintendo is still trying to shoot it down everywhere they can. But if you have an interest in Metroid, acquire that shit before it gets really hard to. There is still a subreddit for this game that you can go and people are still trying to pass around links before they get pulled down. Uh, so I downloaded it. I probably won't play it, but I have it. Oh, you have it? Cool. Yeah. You gotta give it to me. Yeah, I can. But I'm really fucking disappointed that he pulled down the Nintendo Power Archive because that just seemed totally fucking Yeah, pointless. the Nintendo Power Archive is completely asinine and dumb. I mean, that shit is pointless now. There's no reason to try and resell it at all. Why not just have it up there for fuck's sake, for nostalgia's yeah. sake? Yeah, I was really happy when it went up. I went through and looked through a bunch of old issues that I remember getting and, you know, had some fucking memories uh, arise from receiving Nintendo Power when I was a kid and be like, oh, the GameCube got announced. Holy shit. And just stuff like that. The Game Boy Advance. And uh, yeah, I just scrolled through it a bit thinking, man, I should probably just torn all these in case they get pulled. But that's a lot of data. I probably shouldn't do that. It'll take a long time to. Uh, and I turn on my computer the next day and it's gone. So I'm like, yeah, great. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Nintendo has been doing a lot more to make me dislike them than like them recently. And you now people are going to be a lot more skeptical of the NX because of it. They're kind of digging their own grave the more they do this shit. God damn it, you guys. Anyway, I remember when I was a kid, I had caught a couple of Nintendo Power magazines from like the Nintendo and Super Nintendo era. And I just loved flipping through them and like reading about games, like strategy on games that I'd never even played and just pretending imagining what those games were like before i ever had uh like an actual console back when i only had a game boy i thought super mario 64 looked incredible and i played it a couple times at the toys r us and my parents got me a player's guide and i just stared at that player's guide all the time that was basically how i played super mario 64 in my little kid mind it felt like over a year but it was probably just a matter of months until i actually got an n64 for my birthday by the time i got that game since i had studied that player's guide front to back i just crushed it <laughs> but uh yeah i did the same thing as you that's um that's something that children of today's world will never get unless watching let's plays is the same thing which it kind of probably is to them yeah so this um just came across my attention yesterday quantum break the xbox one exclusive that got brought to windows 10 just got announced for steam it's going to be coming to steam on september 16th i think something like that september 26th sometime next month that's a pretty good sign that uh microsoft's plans to get everyone on windows 10 is probably going down in flames because I'm pretty sure this was not their intent to release this on Steam. I know uh, Phil Spencer did say in an interview with Giant Bomb that they are not ruling out the possibility that the more third-party developed games like Scalebound and whatnot won't come out on other platforms on PC, but I'm pretty sure that was their way of just saying, if this goes bad, we'll do it, which is probably the case with Quantum Break. And I actually kind of wanted to play Quantum Break, despite the mixed reception it got, so I'm glad that's coming out on Steam, and I can actually play it now. I don't know a lot about Quantum Break. What was wrong? Why was it mixed? It's like half movie, 
Uh, basically, they, oh. they they like filmed a bunch of actual television episodes that go between the gameplay missions in the game. It's very narrative driven, but when it comes down to is it's just kind of a very underwhelming third person shooter. Unless you really dig the kind of story it tells, which that seemed to be like the on or off switch for most people. There were a lot of people saying it's just kind of one of those stories, but it, I don't know. I'm not really sure. It just to me, it looked like a very underwhelming Max Payne sort of shooter. It's made by the Max Payne devs, and that's kind of why I cared about it. Uh, it allows you to like freeze time and stuff, but it just looked like it opened the door for a bunch of really bullshit mechanics where like you go up against enemies that can evade your time control powers and just lots of like stupid shit like that. But I don't know. I do want to play it and find out for myself. So if that game ever hits like a $20 price point, I'll probably pick it up on Steam. It'll be on a PC, so it'll look nice in theory. It is funny though, because they said that this game was going to be using, uh, you know, Windows 10, DirectX 12 exclusive hardware. So right. it wouldn't be possible. And this game is compatible with Windows 7 on Steam. <laughs> So basically, they were just lying yep. to make it seem more impressive. But then, yep. when this game sold like shit, and they want to get more sales by opening up the market, oh, okay, we can play it on other systems. It's fine. Uh, they're always full of shit when they say this game will only be playable on Windows 10 because it's just going to be that amazing. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, nothing new there. I think this is the last story I saved. This is actually a game you probably know more about than me, but it was just an interesting story. We talked about Black Desert Online before. They apparently just made a change in the game where there were items exclusive to their cash shop that they just made tradable in their normal game economy and this has pissed their players off because now people can just buy really expensive items and sell them in the economy and get tons of fucking money and just basically become rich there's uh two major styles of mmorpg there's like the wow theme park style and then there's the more like sandbox do what you want kind of style that was around before then with games like uh ultima online Black Desert Online falls into the later category. So introducing something like this, which fucks up the economy, which in a game like, you know, Black Desert Online or EVE Online, the player-driven economy is a huge aspect of the game. That's a really big fuck-up for them to do. Like, the, they're destroying a part aspect of the game. Yeah, what the developers said they were doing was trying to make these items more accessible to the free-to-play players, but in doing so, they completely ruined what was special about that game, I guess. And their fan base is absolutely pissed. And the way that they handled the reaction was to start banning everyone on their subreddit who was speaking out against it. Nice. So they've basically fucked themselves, and this game is now going down in a fiery mess. Just, that's it. Black Desert Online is basically dying. Or dead, whichever that way you sucks. look at it. I remember they did something similar with a game called Arc Age Online, if I remember right. And holy shit, I Google Black Desert Online, like the first few pictures are just naked people. Cool. Oh, it's the nude mod that we reported on, that's right. Yep. Nice. Anyway, yeah, it's uh, really disappointing to see this shit. That's uh, everything I was going to bring to the table. Cool beans. Oh yeah, I was Arcade Online. They did the same thing when they went from open beta to actual release. They introduced items that you could sell on the market and completely fucked up the game just for that microtransaction fun. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, I got nothing else. I actually thought this episode was going to go on way too long, but I think we kind of rolled it out pretty concisely. So yep. there's that. There's uh, we have solidified the moment in history where No Man's Sky came out. We have recorded the controversy <laughs> in its time. There's- there's one last thing I want to talk about sure. regarding No Man's Sky. I think you and me are both kind of like, we're vindicated, but still disappointed. Yeah. I mean, I, I left room to be surprised, and I wasn't. So there's right. that. I wasn't really surprised by what was there, how disappointing it was, but I was disappointed because it could have been more, and I wanted it to be more. But in, what was it, two weeks, Deus Ex comes out. Oh, yeah. Now, if that game's bad, whew, I hope that game's not bad. <laughs> 
I'm sure it will have its divisive elements in it, but I really think it's going to be an overall enjoyable game. That's I th- what I, want. I, I think I'm going. To, I hope I'm going to enjoy it more or less the same as I did Human Revolution. Yeah, it looks so. like Human Revolution just bigger. So either that means they'll be skipping over important gameplay aspects of it, or they'll be improving everything as a whole. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to buy it as long as it runs well on PC and it's not a total turd and see that game through. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it too. I'm looking forward to it way more than No Man's Sky. So, oh yeah, well, No Man's Sky just got me more excited to it. And like, like man, I can't wait to play a real meaty, juicy game with actual systems. And, yes. Yeah. Oh man, could you imagine if No Man's Sky had actual systems? Yes. Yes, I could. <sighs> oh, don't well. worry. Don't worry. In uh, eight years from now, it'll be updated enough to be slightly better than it is now. Woo! Oh, base building. Yeah, no one will be playing it. And then you can leave it on that planet and never see it again. I don't think we mentioned how fucked their servers are right now. Yeah, oh like, god, that's that's one story I didn't share that I kind of want to. I know I already told this to you in person, but I remember I was on my like second planet, or third planet, and I was just harvesting stuff, and this was specifically the planet where I was naming everything Bob. And I was just fucking around, and Having a good time, and all of a sudden I saw a ship fly overhead, and I'm like, "Holy fuck, a ship! Another player!" And I like, I started shooting at them with my mining beam, trying to grab their attention if I possibly could, and they flew off. And I'm like, "Oh no, I missed the chance to see another player." But then I felt really good on the inside because I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" I named everything on this planet Bob. Another person's going to be wandering around this planet against all odds, seeing that I named literally fucking everything Bob, and that's going to be cool. And then about five minutes later, like three ships flew overhead at the same time in a formation. And I had the sudden realization that the first ship I saw was just an NPC. And I became really fucking sad and disappointed. And then you told me the next day that the servers are down. And I went home that day and I opened up the game and went to the menu and saw that the servers were down. So the fact that I'm naming everything Bob was completely pointless in that regard, too. So, But there's no point to the servers. There's no point to anything in this game. So who fuck gives a fuck? Yeah. Uh, I mean, to anyone who's really upset about that, don't worry. Enough people are dropping it like me right now that uh, it's probably going to be up soon once there's only 100 people playing it. Shots fired. Yeah. All right. So uh, uh, to, end it, to end it on a high note, though, I am thankful that this game did give me three days of good, solid fun. Um, and yeah. that, that, that's all I wanted. I wasn't expecting anything grander than that. And, you know, you could say the game is a pile of shit in a way it is, but I still derive what value I could from it. And moving on, that's the life of being a gamer. Yep. And that's something I want to talk about, too, or at least bring up is people that are saying, like, this is the last game I'll ever have to buy. I, I never want to have that attitude about a video game no, because no. part of video games is being able to experience brand new things. Yeah. And uh, something like No Man's Sky, it was never going to be able to have a strong, rich narrative. It was never going to have puzzle elements. It was never going to have satisfying first-person shooter or third-person shooter action or RPG elements. And it's just like, why would you want to play one game only for the rest of your life? That's a really sad way to look at gaming. For the longest time, I tried to find that. Every time I found like a multiplayer game where I thought that was going to be the case, I always hit a point. I'm like, why the fuck am I playing only this game? There's other games out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm kind of not hitting a point in my age and my lack of free time that, yes, I would rather play single-player stories because I'm going to have so little time to play games that by the time I finish one game, there'll always be another one to pick up. So, Deus Ex, get inside me. Yes, please. Adam Jensen, I need to feel you. Hopefully that will be a game where for once we come on this podcast and we are happy about and only have a few things to bitch about and not when we come in here and go, oh, fuck. I don't, what was the last time we both played a game? Because, I mean, there's games we like I Axiom Verge was the last one I could think of. That we liked. For you. Yeah, but the game that both of us play. Uh, Bloodborne. Oh, I think. yeah, I think you're right. Bloodborne. I oh, mean, we, we both played StarCraft 2, but we hated it. So, well, I mean, hated 
the story. Yeah. But I mean, if you're talking about being positive, we played Dead Space and Bloodborne. Uh, that was it. I need Bloodborne too. You know what we should do once we're done with Deus Ex is maybe play Dead Space 2 if you're up for it because yeah. I think I could go for that. But we'll just see how fall is coming. Our next December arc is going to be coming up and we know how that went. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. funny story. So I, I was re-listening to our first 12 episodes and trying not to throw up in my mouth. I noticed right around episode 10, right at the end of it, one of us, I don't remember what it was, we made a very self-depreciating joke and that was kind of the moment where we finally kind of hit our sense of humor for this podcast and stopped being completely emotionless drones. And the episode after that was kind of, you know, up and down. And then episode 12 was where I got really fucking sick and had a really sore throat. And I was just really bitter and annoyed through that entire thing. And ever since then, we've kind of had this tone that we've had. So all it took was just a month of misery for us to finally become unique. So by the time we get around next December and we descend in even more hell and even more disgruntledness, this podcast should only, in theory, get even more distinctive. So looking forward to it. Do you hear that, fans? We're going to get better for you. And by better, we're going to get even more bitchy and whiny. And by fans, I mean fan. Fan. Hi, Nate. Hi, Nate. Keep carrying the flag for us. We appreciate you, buddy. Uh, (laughs) I hope you enjoyed us talking about No Man's Sky and we'll take that opinion with you throughout your life and it will do you well. If you've enjoyed this podcast or any of our podcasts, please seek help. And sincerely, thank you. Also, uh, Sean Murray, seek psychological help. I do believe you have a disease known as pathological liar. And the people who are still convinced that No Man's Sky is the best game ever and won't let it down. Well, to the friends and family of those people, maybe find some help for them. Be prepared to be encouraging because it's going to hurt. You can subscribe, stream, or download our podcast via the RSS feed on ExplosionOfHappiness.com. You can find it on iTunes or streamer content through YouTube under the channel Explosion of Happiness. If you have a Twitter account, you can follow my personal Twitter, GroundTake, where I'll be forwarding our uploads to as well. That's it. Cool beans. See you next week. Until next week, goodbye. Thing here. Bye-bye. Now our podcast can be labeled as ableist. Yep. Because <laughs> we talked about how much we like to look at things. Oh, God damn it. The main character of the new Star Trek series should have been a cripple. Should have been that a guy in awesome. Yeah, would have, actually. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. See, I'm always one step ahead of these See, people. The, what, I find, what I find funny is the, the uh, character with the, the disabled character is always a side character. They're never the main character. Yeah. Unless it's a specific point they want to make about the movie. Have you seen any episodes uh, of TNG about Barkley yet? No. The idea was the cast was already so perfect that they made a character who was like more representative of what actual Star Trek fans are like. <laughs> so, oh, uh, that's another thing that, that I guarantee you the, this chick is going to be hot, or at well, least look like Janeway, where they look she looks respectable. Uh, like for her age, Janeway still looks really good. I mean, I'll say this: uh, maybe we'll have a female protagonist who's not a piece of shit. Maybe right. she won't get everyone around her killed constantly for idiotic moral dilemmas, but based on like the current political landscape, I expect that to be even more likely the case. Yeah, and that's you know she's going to be like Ray; she's going to be very blunt and forward, and going to always know what to do in the right situation. And you know what? If they want to be progressive as fuck, overweight character, an ugly character. That's another thing that people would jack off to, though. I don't like that. Yeah, but it would actually to. be it would be actually moving shit forward. But what? But what would be the fucking point of it? There'd be like episodes about fat shaming, like. 
Who gives a shit? No, just ha- no point to it. Just have it be a thing. Yeah, but that's what makes it, never it relevant. Ha- like, why have something unappealing when you can make it appealing and that makes no difference either way? Because that's the point. You don't understand. Oh, it's progressive. Okay, you know what? You're right. I'm an, I'm an idiot. I understand now. I've been awakened. Thank you for opening my eyes. You know what? This uh, female protagonist is going to get naked one episode and she's going to have a dick. <laughs> that would be, that'd be progressive. I, I would not be surprised. Star Trek is for Star Trek fans, and most of these fans are going to be like, it, you just... This is going to be an echo chamber for yeah, opinions. Yeah, that's what I felt like. What like what bugged me about how Brian Fuller was like, hold hands and go out and think about how like great the future can be if we all just get along. Like, is this show going to be for fucking babies? Because that's what he sells. Like, he, that's he sounds like he's selling it to a bunch of fucking Tumblr babies. Oh, peace and love and optimism. Just be optimistic. Fuck everything else. Fuck science. Fuck critical thinking. Just be optimistic. That's all that matters. If that's what this whole show is going to be, I'm going to get fucking sick of it really fucking fast. Honestly, like I said, if they establish an audience of Doctor Who fans, it's going to be that. It's just going to be a bunch of, oh my god, oh, this character's so hot. Oh my god, I should hook up with this character. Uh, make a bunch of like slideshows of the characters and put text on the screen about how cool they are and how cool you can be if you like to be like them. I like things that make me feel good about myself. Fuck you, Brian Fuller. Don't fuck it up. I'll hate you if you do. He's going to fuck him up. 